With allocation challenges continuing to mount around the world, choosing products for our designs has become harder than ever for engineers and their companies. With mounting issues continuing for the global supply chain, what are semiconductor manufacturers in the industry doing to help mitigate frustrations and help keep production lines moving? Whether we're trying to buy a car, design our next product, or just keep our existing product in production today, there's no doubt that supply chain issues in all industries, including the semiconductor industry, have had an enormous impact on us as embedded engineers. There are some signs of improvement on the horizon, but many of us have been left feeling a little bit helpless. Uh, we, we've been left feeling unsupported, and in many cases have gotten very emotional as we see the designs that we've worked so hard on be unable to actually go to production and help build revenue for our companies. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Marty Branham, uh, who's the vice president of ST Micro's geographic sales unit um, and, and wants to talk a little bit today about what ST is doing to help work with engineers, work with distribution, um, and figure out how exactly we get through these difficult supply challenges. Marty, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, Todd. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, as I speak with a lot of engineers, um, there's a lot of emotion and that's not normally something that we as engineers have. Uh, but I'm certainly seeing in this environment, we are all getting very emotional as we, we try and keep things going to production. Uh, what's the message that you're giving to engineers who have designed in ST products and are trying to get their designs into production today? And, and what's ST doing to help those engineers? Sure. Um... These are definitely challenging times, uh, a lot of uncertainty still out there, which often leads to the frustration you referred to. Um, and this is going throughout the, uh, the industry and the supply chain. So what we continue yeah. to see is a, an imbalance uh, basically between demand and capacity. And it's driven by a handful of mega trends uh, in the industry. You have things such as the 5G migration, the vehicle electrification, and the overall increased semiconductor content in vehicles, as well as the personal electronics and the, the IoT and connectivity that we all expect in our products these days. And finally, the industrial digitalization of, uh, of the uh, industrial space. So these are, all these megatrends are leading to this, uh, this imbalance of demand and supply, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, ST is just working through that the best we can. Uh, having conversations with our distributors and customers like yourselves uh, to work through that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge everywhere. It's, it's not an ST alone by any means. I think we all know, like I mentioned earlier, if you're trying to buy a car, if you're trying to buy a, a cell phone in some cases, if you're trying to buy a laptop, um, it's sometimes it's a really a challenge with all the allocation that's going on out there. You, you know, it's interesting, you talk about kind of the super cycles and what we have, and this allocation has been going on, it seems like for nearly two years now where things have been a challenge. I was in San Jose last week talking with a lot of different supplier executives. Um, and I think as I asked this next question, I got answers all the way from uh, it's over in October uh, to it's over in October of 2032. Um, you know, what are you seeing right now and how much longer do you think this allocation is going to last? Well, I mean, that's a million dollar question, right? So, um, you know, today the industry continues to be faced with these allocations and the stretch lead times. And uh, as I mentioned, ST is not immune to that and those challenges. 
Um, but you do see th activities going on, uh, such things as the continued investment in manufacturing. Uh, both the U.S. and Europe have their CHIPS acts, and so you see a lot of publicized investments going in. ST themselves, we remain committed to the to our investments. You know, we have 13 manufacturing sites worldwide. Uh, we have uh, we've announced a planned capex of, of almost 3.5 billion dollars this year in 2022, and we have wow. capacity expansion coming online from the previous year uh, investments in capex. So these are things uh, that ST continues to do. You know, when will this end? For me, it's too early to tell. Uh, too early to predict. We do see things that uh, may be st stabilizing the market a little bit. You've got with the, uh, the uh, lift of masks, maybe people are moving from sitting at home and, and buying consumer goods with their disposable income to getting out and, and taking advantage of those services that for the last two years they haven't. So that yeah. could be a sign of stabilization. Of course, we've got the, the inflationary things that uh, could be stabilizing some of these end markets. And then finally, just again, when people are out and about, uh, you know, stabilization of, of the PC space, potentially, there's early signs of that. But really, uh, until these megatrends stabilize that I mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to see it's just too difficult to predict at this point. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it does seem like there's constantly some new uh, crisis uh, going on yeah. somewhere in the world that seems to add and snowball onto this already very difficult situation, no questions. So, so as you're, you're talking with, you know, if you're talking with an embedded engineer at a customer or you're talking with a purchasing department at a customer that you know wants to try and be production um, with their new product, maybe it's January of next year. What is the advice that you would give to them uh, to make sure that they do have some continuity of supply to at least start ramping up production, uh, you know, a year from now? That's a great question. And um, really, it comes down to visibility and our visibility, uh, the customer's visibility to their supply chain, uh, transparency in their true needs. When you can't service everyone's demand, uh, understanding true needs is is is, op is 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 critical, and that comes with open lines of communication and dialogue um, early and often in, in the conversations with the customer, and that's paramount. You know, obviously, order placement is mandatory at this point in time. Yep, no question, and and that's certainly you know to give a little bit of a sales pitch for the future side of things. That's certainly where we've seen the most success we've had with customers to make sure they've got part supply is communication. It really does come down to that communication element to make sure that we understand what are your needs, what are your plans as early as possible, so we can start to pipeline product and give the message back to ST and, and other suppliers that we're going to need this particular part for this particular customer by this date, and we can get that pipeline in sooner. Um, and the earlier those conversations happen, uh, the better. I think traditionally, we've all felt comfortable with, well, if I talk to you know whoever I'm buying the parts from six months in advance. Um, I'm probably going to be just fine. I'll be able to get parts in time to do my build. I think we're now in a world where it really does need to be a year, maybe even 18 months in advance. You've got to at least start communicating an idea of what you have. And I know with that much runway for customers, it's very hard to say, I don't fully know what I'm going to need in August of 2023. But I think the more that we can kind of get an idea of that as that sort starts to formulate and sharpen, 
the better we all can be at making sure that customers have the product that they very much need. Um, so that communication line, I would say, from my perspective, is is absolutely key. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. From all absolutely. I mean, we understand the constraints and the challenges that that puts on a customer. Uh, they've got great partners like yourself at Future Electronics. Um, these challenges and, and, uh, and requirement to give that visibility is the same placed on ST from our supply base, right? Everybody's trying to, to manage the situation that none of us really caused um, individually. And so it goes both ways and, and we definitely are empathetic to the challenges that that may bring. Um, but we're under the same challenges and, and I think open lines of communication um, is the way to manage through it. Yeah, no question. No question. You know, and as we've kind of gone through this, it's been interesting for me uh, working with engineers. You know, I, I, it's typical to see engineers take a look at their existing board design and change out some parts. Maybe you see a, a connector change from one connector, uh, you know, supplier to another, a voltage regulator change, certainly resistors and capacitors regularly changing and, and AVL expansion on that. But over the course of the last year, I, I've seen a ton of customers coming in and saying, you know, I actually, I'm going to change this board. I'm actually going to change my MCU. And that's the only part I want to change. I want to move from this MCU to this MCU. Um, and that's an enormous redesign effort on a board, but something that a lot of customers feel that they're obligated to go do. Um, what, what kind of advice do you give to those designers that are trying to select their next microcontroller? Um, you know, and what, what should they be doing? What should they be considering as they're selecting that primary component for most embedded designs? Yeah, I, I go back to the early and often conversation and discussions with suppliers and distributors like yourselves. So engineering communities getting together to understand better where the industry trends are going, where technology yep. and manufacturing investments are happening, so they can look 6, 12, 18 months out and feel comfortable about where things are going. I mean, technology is rapidly changing in response to customer demands and, and requirements. This means that the product design cycles are accelerating and the time between those cycles are shortening. So again, having that early and often conversation um, is, is critical. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. And, you know, for, for that key component, there's no doubt about it. We, we've got to make sure we understand exactly what the needs are and, and start to, again, pipeline that product sooner the better so that Future can put it on the shelves for our customers. Um, and, and we try and do that anyway, certainly uh, make sure that we've got that product sitting on one of our warehouses around the world uh, so that they can get out to the customers that need it for initial proto runs and then certainly for the eventual production runs as well. Um, so you talked a little bit about the, the capital expenditures that ST is going through to build additional fab capacity um, and, and uh, make sure that you're going to be able to build products. You know, I know in addition to that, you know, many of the microcontrollers in the Cortex-M space are still on 200 millimeter wafers. And, and I'm not seeing a ton of, you know, from most of the different fabs around the world, it seems like the, the lines that they're increasing capacity on are more on the 300 millimeter wafers um, and some of the, the smaller, like 20 nanometer uh, transistor processes. What is ST doing to kind of mitigate that and, and continue to, you mentioned the CapEx expenditure, but are you doing things like trying to change the process that your Cortex-M microcontrollers are being built on? Um, is there any investment in those 200 millimeter lines? Yeah, the evolution of uh, 300 millimeter uh, wafers, uh, advanced process technology nodes, 90 nanometer and below, 40 
uh, et cetera. This is where ST is uh, investing uh, for the most part. You know, ST strategies are guided by the ele electronic industry and the enabling yeah. trends, and that drives our investment and our roadmap decisions. You know, ultimately, we're, we're trying to solve the challenges and problems of our customers, and that's what drives us. You know, we're, we're investment and committed to innovation. Um, as an example, you know, we're a four-time winner of the top 100 Global Inventor Awards, uh, recognizing exceptional consistency and scaling of innovation in the market. So ST's very proud of that. It speaks yeah. to our, our continued focus on innovation. The CapEx uh, that I mentioned earlier is, is obviously towards manufacturing, but also developing advanced process nodes and that IP required to stay two steps ahead of our competition while solving our customers' uh, needs. Absolutely. And that's exciting. I, I think, you know, the, the fact that this is forcing some continued innovation in the industry and uh, I think the betterment of overall technology, we're going to come out the other side of this, a stronger industry as a whole. Um, certainly, there's some serious growing pains going on right now in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about where it's going. I'm excited about the, you know, the potential and, and the continued growth in the industry with electronics going in so many other places and where that's going to take us, um, you know, as, as a world um, at the end of the day. So, Marty, I can't thank you enough. I know you're having a lot of, co of very hard conversations right now. I think we all are. And I really appreciate you having a hard conversation with me as well. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> if all my conversations um, could be as difficult as this, I'll sign up every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on camera right now. Afterwards, I'm, we're going to we'll have a more difficult. Um, no, we won't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, no, I really do appreciate it. Um, thank you to the audience so much for watching and taking a little bit of time to learn a little bit about what Marty and I are seeing right now in this challenging market environment. If you have issues, if you've got needs, um, whether you're currently doing a design or you're trying to make sure that you're getting your existing designs in production, uh, we at Future Electronics would be more than happy to help you out. Please reach out to us at shapingthefuture at futureelectronics.com. Again, that's shapingthefuture at futureelectronics.com. Um, and we'd love to work with you. Uh, again, like I said earlier, and Marty and I were speaking about, communication in this market is so very important. The faster we know, the faster we can help. Um, and so I, I think that's something that we've become very, very good at, very adept at, and we'd love to help you and your companies. Thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us today on this episode of The Current. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.